welcome to the CG Pro Podcast. This is episode number 38 with Ryan Zingler. Ryan from Crystal Dynamics. He's a senior technical director there. Um, it's a pleasure to Your welcome Your technical Ryan. designer, sorry. <laughs> sorry, senior technical designer. My first mistake. Um, so, yeah, senior technical designer from Crystal Dynamics. <clears throat> I will introduce Ryan in a second. Um, but, yeah, this is our episode 38 if you enjoy what you hear tonight you can follow us at becomecgpro.com and follow us in our facebook group um so i'll I'll leave the bulk of the introduction to ryan but ryan uh is a great uh 3d artist in the games industry um as i said already works for crystal dynamics um as a senior technical designer he's been in the industry since 2010 and worked on all sorts of cool games like uh, Fallout, New Vegas, and Tomb Raider reboot series. Um, so I will I will end it there because Ryan's going to do a much better job at talking about what he has done in his life. Um, but Ryan, welcome. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm pleasure to be here. Well, um, I always like starting this off just asking a little bit about how you got into the industry, a little bit of you know, maybe some early inspirations, um, how you... Uh, were there some things that inspired you in your early life to want to kind of choose this path of 3D and gaming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, like like all great stories of how people start their, their lives out and get going. Some do start out somewhat either awkward or unfortunate for some people. But things like that, life events shape us who we are. So mine was particular where originally I actually was in the study of uh, architectural engineering and mechanical engineering. And then there was a class that we were wrapping up and going into blueprinting, and there was a an accident that happened where basically I lost a, a finger. I mean, and when oh. you have to go through these classes like blueprinting and stuff like that, penmanship and everything like that is so critical. And it was kind of a letdown for me because I couldn't do it as much anymore. So for me, it 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 went to a, a a very brief period that was, um, I don't want to say dark, but like just there wasn't a, a great moment that I could win my successes. And then one day I just picked up an Xbox 360 and I started playing again, a little secluded. I don't want to talk to many people at that moment, processing, you know, mental health and whatnot and finger pinages. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then it went into me really looking at the games more and more as I was playing them. I just kept on playing and playing and playing. Then I started saying, wait a minute. Can I apply what I've learned already in school, but in a digital realm? Maybe I don't need to blueprint and draft and, and all the other assortments with architectural engineering. Maybe I can apply it digitally. So then I immediately went into like, it's go time. And at that point, I was 20. I was 20, yeah. I was 20. And... I went into and started doing research on game development. And then all of a sudden I saw a school um, that at the time seemed to hit all the notes that I wanted to get into to study, to understand, as well as numerous hours in Reddit (laughs) and Reddit and uh, just Google searches, things like that. And then I went into a a school um, art institute at the time and studied game design and art and started picking up things more and more. And then there was like a, a, a way more like, spark that ignited internally a little bit where I said, wait a minute, there's got to be more information out there because the teachers are great. They offer great knowledge and what they've had experiences in the industry. Um, and I started 
digging more and I started finding out where, okay, where do you guys hang out? Where do you, where do you, where, where do you go to collaborate? Where do you go to just relax when it's after hours? And then I <laughs> found this old, uh, uh, through a series of friends, um, there was a place called the All Dubliners, a bar actually, that all these devs in Southern California hung out. And I was like, there's my ticket. That's how I'm going to get more information on what to do. Schooling was great. I was learning so much already and things I didn't know because, you know, I had to study areas like an art. I'm not an artist, by the way. <laughs> uh, but I had to study uh, a lot of other aspects of uh, just art and design. Um, had some great, great, great teachers there that really helped me all along the way. Um, ben being one of them, actually, and kind of like kind of guiding me saying, yeah, yeah, if you go hang out with these people at that, at that bar event, I called it. Um, you might be able to get some more knowledge. And then that turned into also other students. And we all collaborated both once in a while at a hangout spot or at school again, because I went into them at the hangout spot. And then we started talking more and more. And it eventually evolved into uh, me researching into uh, free open source engines. Um, at the time, uh, Fallout 3 had its uh, uh, open source engine out there. And I started dabbling with it and then i found you can mod and then i found this thing called modding communities and i was like modding communities what what okay so i started getting on these forums on the modding community uh, fallout nexus forum was the one i was on a long time ago now um started learning more about this particular engine and then as ben uh once in a while would lean over and say what, what, what you guys doing and i was also uh with another teacher at the time uh, who was also intrigued on just the side project uh it turned into a mod essentially um and then things diverted from one mod to another mod to another mod and eventually i made one uh briefly called alice in wasteland it was a little storytelling i did i set up a lot of the scripts and things like that to get the npc spawning and basically the story of alice in wonderland but in a vault mm. and a little darker <laughs> <laughs> um i got picked up from there the then from a friend of a friend of a friend he said, hey, this company, Obsidian Entertainment, is actually possibly doing an internship program. I was like, oh, cool, okay. Um, still doing diligence, school, learning things that I need to learn still. Um, and then I went into an internship program and started working on Fallout New Vegas as an intern. And then several months later, it turned into a job. And so now here I am panicking a little bit in the sense of like, how am I going to maintain my current job, my industry job now? And still finished college <laughs> for the right. thing I was going to study in. And then it turned into just a lot of self-discipline with, uh, with my own scheduling and things like that. And I went into a very strict regimen of what I was going to be doing. The amount I even micromanaged my sleep hours to a point. <laughs> well, did you experiment with like polyphasic sleeping or anything like that? <laughs> power naps were key. Right. I, I will say power naps were very key for me. Um, not advice for anybody doing that kind of thing, but it led into that. And then I remember talking to Ben actually before I took the internship, I'm saying, Ben, is this a good idea? And he's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> it actually right. was, he was the man who pushed me in that direction. Like, yeah, 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 do it. Cause I was, I didn't know much about internships or let alone that many game companies. Um, that prior to that, I was just a regular gamer that just picked up the game. I didn't focus on studios and who built it necessarily. So I was fairly new in that area at that time. And then um, it turned into the job, like I said. And then after the job, um, there was a point where I was like graduating and I 
basically went to our, our showing when the students got to show their work out to the world. And sometimes developers would come on and visit these showings. And here I am now going, okay, well, and, and by the way, unfortunately at that time, uh, Obsidian did, uh, we did part ways. It was, a they were a great company. Um, just, you know, I guess uh, at the time there was more knowledge to be gained and uh, that was okay. Because at the time I was also in the mindset of I had to finish college too. So it was, it was very back and forth a lot at that time. But then two weeks later, I get a call from a company called Crystal Dynamics. And I remember <laughs> the recruiter at the time said, um, hey, this is Crystal Dynamics. And I said to him, sorry, I'm not interested in any credit cards. <laughs> and, and then he said, no, we're the people working on Tumor. And I'm like, oh, and then I was like, okay. I'll take all I, your credit cards. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry. He's like, it's okay. And then it turned into, hey, we want to offer you an interview. It turned immediately into, hey, we want to offer you a job. And now I go, now I'm correcting my timeline here. Now I went to that showing, graduating college at the time. And I had to turn away a few people saying, I'm sorry, I'm actually technically hired. Oh. <laughs> and then literally a week later, I packed up my stuff and moved up to the Bay Area. And oh. then from that point, I've been at Crystal since working on uh, Tomb Raider 2013, the reboot to Rise of the Tomb Raider, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. And then, yeah, and then worked on Avengers and then now working on Perfect Dark. Amazing. That must have been so cool to to have that coming out of college because I know that's a, a daunting moment for for most people. Of like, what, what am I going to do next? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was... Um, indirectly it was like i said it was the whole not necessarily um i was taking a lot of interest in a lot of things and trying to culminate all this information but without me even realizing it i was also teaching myself how to use the current standard game engine for a company and i was like i was just picking it up and i kind of just it kind of fell into my lap at that point in the sense of like because i was already knowing everything they were doing all the tools they're using so it was an easy transition right what was that like getting into to the company do they give you a lot of training and some time to adjust or do you kind of in at the deep end or was what was that first uh, step like uh, with the the first company or current or what do you want to um, um yeah i guess the first one yeah. yeah okay um well i mean my first impression though when i first got in there was um holy crud everybody is diehard dedicated to what they're doing uh, it was a very focused mindset. You could hear the hum in the room, the, the the buzzing of the of the coffee pot kind of sizzling a little bit in the background. You know, everybody's just in this keen awareness of they're all on the same goal. And they welcomed me with open arms and they said, hey, let's get you set up. They had nice introductions of how to use the tools currently. And they said, do you know this and this and this? And yeah, I knew, I knew how to use the engine fairly well. And they're like cool and then they were open to teaching newer things uh things that they're doing specific for their game and and that was kind of really cool to get that mentorship kind of thing i had uh, several people who kind of took the time to help teach me up a little bit more um it's i do remember three josh sawyer akil hooper hopper hooper i apologize if i made that incorrect and charles staples um they were uh some some early mentors, I would say, that helped me learn more and more as I was going. Um, so yeah. What? What? Um, how well did did school prepare you for jumping into the industry? Do you feel like it had given you everything you needed, or was there was that kind of the beginning when you got into the internship? So the internship came later in the school, but I would say the school definitely 
did help me in the sense of, I mean, the one number one thing that's the most valuable tool is always communication, how to talk to, to different people in different disciplines and things like that. And the school alone culminated that because it forced everybody in a classroom. We're all doing the same thing together, but you knew the people who took their interest. Like, oh, I want to be an engineer or I want to be an artist or an animator or a sound effects or a, so on and so forth. But because we all were in the same classrooms, we did culminate together and develop these ideas or we had class projects that we had to work on teams. It, it, it kind of preemptively prepped me in that way of like, now you're going to be working with larger teams of the same disciplines. And it definitely helped within the cross communication, the networking, like, you know, sometimes you have to go outside of the group and find other people to help out, um, at least in school projects, of course. That can also be translated in like studio culture too. Like you might have multiple studios within a company. Uh, that you have to either connect with uh, via Zoom, right? Zoom calls, team calls. <laughs> so, uh, and now you have to work uh, further distances if it's a larger company. And having that way to be able to communicate that, uh, I would say it was one very key thing that the school did teach and prepped me for. Quite interesting. Interesting that that's the, the first thing you mentioned is the communication, even more than, uh, like, obviously they were teaching you skills uh, that were useful in you being able to create things in and design and building and modeling and things like that i'm sure but uh, the communications of the was that the the most important thing you felt like came through i felt it helped the most initially and yes the, the classes did help provide structure for more like the philosophy of design, the, 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 the aspects of certain softwares that are current, like Maya and Max at the time, um, they definitely teach you to have those skills as to use tools, yes, and also how to organize a project and how to uh, time manage yourself and the best you can. And a lot of my classes were focused around stuff like that, which was really good and helpful also. But yeah, the communication was the number one key because you can't get something done as a team if you're not talking to each other. Mm. And that has to be the first thing that happens is everybody's got to talk. Right. How has that um, changed going through COVID and going through everybody? Are, are you guys all remote now? Are you there's a There's a mix. To... I mean, it's a mix right now. Um, we have uh, currently right now, yeah, we're in three locations. Um, so uh, I was originally in California. I moved out to the Austin studio. There's a Washington studio. Uh, someone said beer Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That's all the comment. Um, yeah. And so when COVID hit, uh, it definitely was a, a, a big adjustment period. Um, there's a lot of people that are, you know, extroverts. They want to like talk to everybody and get all collaborative and, uh, you know, plan out ideas in a conference room with a giant whiteboard and eraser markers. And just, you're just going to town talking through ideas. And now we had to do this all remote and, some people work better that way, though. I mean, some people can say, you know what, I, I will keep the line of communication open, but I can also truly focus more. Some people mm. work better that way, too. So there was there was a period of just adjustment. Everybody kind of learning to navigate around this new realm of how we got to stay in touch and communicate and, and coordinate projects. And yeah. Interesting. Is it, um, are you remote now or are you like it? I'm in an office. Right now. Okay. Um, I, I personally couldn't do remote because um, for me, uh, home has more distractions. Yeah. Uh, 
I resonate with that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Two dogs running around all the time. I just, it's, well, luckily they're out of here, which is great. Um, but for me, when I'm in work mode, it, it definitely is a whole kind of checking myself at the door and sense of going, now it's work mode. Um, and it's a way for me to also keep work at work and home at home. It's good to have separation once in a while, uh, yeah. both for mental health and things like that. So it's good to keep that separation also. So when I'm at work, I know I'm at work and when I'm at home, I'm at home. And that was, that was just my reason. Like me, I couldn't blend the two. I mean, we're in a, me and my wife are in a small house, so this is my office, but I didn't, I had four monitors right here and it was quite encumbersome. So it felt good getting that uh, back to the studio, but um, yeah, it's a, it, it's a mix right now. And uh, there's um, each one. I don't remember the numbers on top of my head, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I hope that answers that question. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious about the, the internship thing as well. Is that something that's still really common in the games industry for people to come up through internships? What's, what's the kind of typical route that people come through? And does that include internships still? Um, currently, I, I'm, I'm not familiar in the sense of if they're still very relevant and valid. I, I hear talks of some studios doing an internship program. I don't know person on hand right now um i don't know if obsidian still does those too um so i'm not sure per se who's doing them i can't say they're not being done um they're valuable yes because it gives you the preemptive sense of like what is current you know company culture um the current softwares they're using um you know like when i left a, a art institute i think okay 3ds max and uh, maya totally current and then everybody's like no it's all maya i'm like wait what what okay so going in an internship i felt like it, it taught a lot of that like like i said the current software is the uh, company culture company culture is very big because you need to be able to uh work together i mean that's how an idea is ultimately formed and a game is developed is is team collaboration team working together and coming together with the same idea the same vision the same goal same dream i mean yeah um so it seems like you think that they are they are a good idea though do you think that they should be the do you guys have one in crystal dynamics i don't currently believe we do um i would not be the person to ask that uh i would always say yeah. email our hr i don't sure. know currently so um i haven't seen that but i i don't i don't know <laughs> sorry yeah no no problem um what uh, what would you say was the biggest surprise that you had getting into the the games industry? What was the thing that kind of surprised you the most about that you may have had some expectation that completely shattered as you got into the industry for real? Well, I would start out by saying I originally thought it was like the movie Grandma's Boy. <laughs> um, everybody's partying all the time. Everybody's having a blast. Um, getting into it. I think I said this earlier a little bit, but it was the dedication that I saw on everybody. They still had fun. Don't get me wrong. Everybody has fun. I mean, you're, we're making video games. I mean, yeah. it's, it it's has to be fun or else you're not giving it your best and you're all in your true self. Um, if you're doing it just for a job, uh, you have to have the passion and love for it. Um, you're also changing people's lives on a daily basis. You know, anybody who wants to escape from reality a little bit and play a game just to get that, that, that bit of relaxation, you're kind of helping them and also in a very big way. So to see 
when I walked in that studio, I saw the just the dedication. Everybody just I, I call it the buzz of the room, the hum of the room. Everything is just mm. in synchrony. That was kind of like a, I wouldn't say shocker, but I was like, wow. I was I was in astonish an astonishment. Just the level that people were at, and it was truly it was really more inspirational than what I heard of in like stories and stuff like that from what I read. Right. Um, can you explain a little bit of um, maybe like what's an an average day for you? Or what are what are the things that you do as a another? It's somewhat of a new role, um, senior technical designer. But uh, as you said compared to legacy roles in the industry. But can you explain a little bit about what it is that you do? Uh, okay. Well, currently, yeah, I'm a technical designer. That, um, from what I understood. Uh, from what it was explained to me, it was a fairly new-ish role in the, in the grand scheme of the, the life of the game industry. Originally, I started as a level designer. Um, going into level design, I really enjoyed the, uh, the philosophy, the psychology of trying to get a person from point A to point B without pointing an arrow. And there very much was that level that, that my architectural side adapted to initially, and I loved doing level design work. And then I started developing just like... Um, Think of like compartmentalized items that people could rinse and reuse, uh, a, a procedural kind of thing. No, that's not, not procedural. Sorry, um, just tools and and things that would help other designers to make their lives a lot easier. And I started working with uh, at Crystal, our our engine, and trying to help things and people so they didn't have to completely redo something from scratch. Um, I think one example was on a, a previous uh, tumor game. I worked uh, with an engineer, and we uh, worked together to uh, uh, work on a system called the Hunt Manager system. And uh, that system essentially helped uh, populate the worlds with life: uh, birds, deer, rabbits, all these creatures in the, the first Tomb Raider, the second, and even the third. Um, and I mean the 2013 being the first. Sorry, it's technically not the first. <laughs> Yep. And um, that system then allowed designers to not have to constantly in a new area script something out to spawn uh, animals and this thing would handle it for them. And then at that point, I started doing more things like just making more tools and objects to help designers so they didn't have to constantly redo something from scratch and they could focus on the experience. And then when I started work, uh, started work on the Avengers, I went into more of a role of developing items and objects and things to make the designers' lives easier. And then it came to a designer that started uh, that got hired uh, midway through the project, and he uh, kind of said to me, "He's like, you know, that's kind of what a technical designer is. You know, you like building the tools, you like building the the uh, objects and things like that to help designers out and." You know, you're not necessarily focused on that one level anymore. Some level designers, you know, when they work in a level from the beginning to the end, it's like they're, it's their poster child kind of thing. It's like, that is my, my golden ticket. That's my thing I worked on. And I'm not saying all level designers that way. No, everybody takes pride in what they work. But I got more pride from helping out the entire team and developing things to help the entire project as a whole. And then this person started helping me more and more out of understanding what it means to be a technical designer. And that for me was kind of like, I already had good rapport with the engineers. So if a designer needs something, 
I could be the middle, the middle ground, the translator, the whatever you want to say, and work with engineering and level designer together and be that bridge between the two and help them develop that extra thing and say, okay, there you go. And then me and engineer go, yay. Level <laughs> cool. designer goes, yay. Um, and yeah, uh, it turned into that role. That I've been in that role for about three years now. Three years, yeah. So, um, so what what kinds of um, <clears throat> tools are you using? Are you coding? Are you using things like Maya? Are you? Um... I can't necessarily speak on the tools we're using. I could say that there is a level of coding, yes, um, that is done. Um, there's a level similar to like a, a visual scripting language. Um, uh, there are uh, 3D softwares that uh, we do use and are familiar with. Um, that I, I've used not as much lately, to be honest, but um, and uh, yeah, we um, we have we have a uh, in-house proprietary engine. We also have uh, another engine outside that's been pretty much communicated to the world. So um, I'm not going to speak on it. I'm just going to say I'm pretty sure it's advertised out there. Uh, <laughs> Google it, <laughs> I'm people. On all my bases. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, I could say that I. Maya, I think, is still predominantly the 3D uh, modeling program. Uh, depending on the uh, engine, it might be a proprietary engine, it might be a source engine, or an open source engine like uh, like, like Fallout was, like uh, Unreal, things like that. So, does that answer the question? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just in, it's interesting. So, a lot of people who listen to this, I think, span people who are both in the industry, but also want to get into the industry so it's an interesting thing for people to hear about what not only what you use but um also how i guess another another question may be um because you've been in the industry for a little while now mm. um would you have any uh, advice for what people can do to prepare what what could people learn what what should people good be good at if they wanted to um pursue let's say your role that you're in currently, maybe a, a junior version of that. So um, currently right now, uh, I would say, uh, I touched on this earlier, um, communication will be key. Um, <laughs> working on that uh, will help anybody who may not be strong in that area. Um, I initially wasn't. I'm still learning more techniques every day to get better about it. Um, always keep up to date, you know, uh, in the sense of like, what are the current games in the market right now? What are the current trends? Um, that'll definitely help initially know what you are seeing people want more and also, you know, I mean, well, what's popular, but also you can also apply yourself to what is it you also want to work on. Maybe it fits in that realm of what the current trend is. Um, so skills wise, it'd be fair to say, it sounds like you code and you use DCCs. Yeah. So if you were to learn C++ so, and Maya and... Unreal Engine, sorry, I <laughs> I blurted it out. You don't have to confirm or deny that. Um, so I would say that um, understanding like a, a, a base level in engineering and coding, um, uh, more like coding architect architecture uh, structure would be good to learn because even if you don't want to be an engineer, it'd be great for you to be able to communicate to an engineer. Because you're going to yeah. be relying on engineers also in development of a, a lot of the stuff you're working on, whether it be an open source engine or an or an in-house proprietary engine, they might need to help you develop and build something that will help you. Um, 
visual scripting, yeah, it's definitely a great one to learn if, uh, or even uh, other forms of scripting in general, if you want to go into more of a design uh, realm. Um, a lot of open source engines out there are also free to use to learn. So, I mean, like, like Unreal is a, is a very, very widely used engine. Very, uh, you can Google search anything almost on it. Um, there, the help is out there with it, and that makes that engine phenomenal. It was the same for me when I was using, uh, they called it Gek, um, the, the engine that uh, Fallout was built on. I dabbled in Unity for a brief moment too. That's really good to learn. Um, yep. Unity is growing too. It's pretty cool how uh, big Unity's gotten in the last 10 years. So, um, yeah, it's uh, interesting. But, but yeah, I would say like a programming terminology was a big area that um, I believe would, would help a lot of people. Um, I mean, I know artists that that also have to talk to engineers sometimes that they need something specific to work with, like a shader or a, or a material or effects of a material. I mean, so that would be like the first thing I'd say to definitely learn. Um, after that, uh, some get a hold of those engines and start dabbling with some engines, and then you can get a, a premise of how a lot of engines operate. And uh, three, look at the common three software programs if you're going in the art field too, like my right. Max and. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting point in history. I know that there's a lot of people have a lot of games companies have had proprietary engines. Some of them are moving towards un a Unity or an Unreal Engine. Um, <clears throat> I did I did Google in the background, <clears throat> so yeah, I kind of know what you're saying about Crystal Dynamics. Maybe using a common game engine, anybody else can do that. <laughs> it seems like it's the one I just mentioned, but um, I want to ask you to confirm or deny it. Um, and it's free; it's free to download. I'm I'm curious, outside of you saying anything that you're doing at your studio, what what your thoughts are on some of those um, engines? I personally have used Unity and Unreal mainly. I also used Godot a little bit as well, weirdly at one one job. <laughs> I know that's not not widely used at all, but something that's very open source, entirely open source. Um. I'm sure nobody's using Godot in I in uh, heard of Crystal. That one, actually, um, Godot. Yeah, Godot. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's been around for a little while. It's uh, it was I think originally part of Blender, and then it broke off to be. I think it was the game engine that was in Blender, and then it broke off, and now Blender's got oh, its own yeah. kind of real time engine that's not that. a game engine, but. Yeah, we we experimented with it. We ended up using Unreal Engine in the end because it just it there was vastly more functionality in it than there was. There's a lot you can do with Unreal. That's for sure. It's a very um, at least I find I find it to be a very user friendly. Uh, I mean, you can look up anything almost in the sense of uh, obtaining help and how to build something, and it's pretty impressive that it has that large of a both fan base and user base. So very impressive yeah. actually there's something they've been, they've been really strong on um, is community and innovation those two things i think have driven it to be an amazingly widely adopted engine um there's also unity is great as well i've used i've enjoyed both of them both for the last 10 years or so um, yeah 
and some other engines going back a bit further before that. I, I'm mainly from film though, so I'm mostly okay, okay. looking at it from that angle. We use Unity on um, Lion King and Jungle Book and some of those oh, movies. Okay. It, it's been definitely a while since I've touched Unity. I would say, yeah, um, actually, twelve years, eleven years, twelve, twelve years. Um, prior to that, though, the the as they call it, the Gek Engine of Fall, that was uh, my first go-to, and that that was also awesome how obtainable information was to do stuff on the uh, forums and uh, modding communities. Um, Unreal is, is great. It's very user-friendly. Um, still learning a lot about other uh, current engines too out there, but yeah, I mean, um, so you, did you study computers? You mentioned basically being good at computer science fundamentals and, and programming and architecture and mm -hmm. being able to do that and communicate with, with engineers um, being really important. Did you learn that in our institute or is that something which you learned on the job or did you have to teach yourself? What was your personal journey with that? I would say like the school provided the structure initially. Um, and then it also took my own due diligence of doing my uh, own research and finding out what was like more current of what, how are things are done on a day by day, day by day basis. And, and for that, I mean, Oh yeah, no worries. Um, yeah. Just whether with, with, computer science fundamentals and yeah. programming which you said is really really important for your role um i was curious if you if you'd got the bulk of that at college or if that's something which yeah. you'd learned more after the fact and, it was like it, it was like a 50 50 kind of like i learned a, a lot of good uh, up-to-date stuff when i was in college and then because it's a constantly fast moving uh industry it's constantly changing too so then because of what i learned at school taught me outside to then keep researching what's current and what's up to date on all the software. And um, I even took outside of, uh, after I graduated, I took a couple classes in engineering just to learn that terminology, um, you know, like, like, like data structures, uh, what structs are, variables, uh, properties, functions, classes. I mean, I learned that stuff on the side, even though I wasn't going to be an engineer, but I knew it was going to be, from what I gathered in research, very important to be able to communicate to engineers and then art institute taught me a lot of the art fields I, I enjoy art on the side also and it helped me to at least be able to communicate with an artist and work with an artist all the time and then aside from keeping up with visual language and uh any other uh software out there that would help me keep up to date like that with the uh how engines operate and how they work and how they are geared towards development and ways to use them once you learn generally like one or I, I would say even learn like one open source engine too, for me, helped me learn or give me or teach me the ability to how to learn the other engines going forward. Um, so I would say that was also very key is if you can learn one engine like, like Unity or Unreal, uh, it tends to make it easier. Now, now engines operate differently um, in a larger extent, but at least in the immediate, if you can teach yourself to use one, it can help you learn others. So, and that's the that's core principles of the same. The core principles are the same, though, between them. They all deal in the yeah, same yeah. types of thing. Like we had a proprietary engine in-house, um, and we transitioned to a different engine. And because of what I learned initially on that engine, it helped me adapt to the to the, to the transition. And initially, I was worried about that. I was like, oh, my goodness, uh, that that's going to be uh, – for me, it was the first time to happen in my professional field. And for me, I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> we'll see how this goes. And it actually, was, it didn't go as bad as I thought it would. It actually went 
fairly smoothly because of what I learned initially. And because I hang on to that uh, initial knowledge that I obtained from school from both um, working with artists, working with design, working with engineers. And then it gave me the ability at the job also to, and that's another big thing is um, because it's constantly evolving, you're always constantly up to date. A lot of people help each other also internally. So uh, I'm in constant communication with both artists and designers all the time, just because I want to stay also current. They help me in those areas. Like it can be even a simple conversation, right? Like my, my buddy that I uh, play games with a lot, uh, we'll play a game um, on the weekends or at lunch. And uh, we do it to both because we have interest in games together that we love and enjoy together. And also helps us stay current. It, it's, Okay, what's the okay? This one's getting a lot of reviews right now, and but um, makes sense. It's, it's research and fun at the same time. It's research and fun, <laughs> strict schedule, of course. Um, uh, there's I'm a sure. lot of uh, tearing apart kind of thing. You, 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 some games, I would say like 50% of the games I play, I tear apart internally and going, How did why did they do this? Like, what, what, what did they do right here? So, so, um, is there anything that you think that somebody could have taught? you in school that would have helped prepare you more to to jump into the industry mm, yeah i would say initially uh just more base engineering terminologies and structure mm. and um more i would I'd say i mean i forced myself to learn as much as i could early on but i wish that was pushed more heavily upon even if you're an artist it's good to at least understand that because then it helps you understand how engines operate more there's a there's surprisingly you know our artists don't just stay in the modeling programs they they go on engine um and are utilizing the engine just as much and they'll have questions like hey how do i do this and this and this and and having that knowledge forcing myself to understand and and work with engineering and artists together and i also thoroughly enjoy doing that too um that's the fun for me is, is the collaboration it it helps me it helps me be able to set also other to help other people set themselves up for success too. Um, we have a question from the audience. So yeah. um, somebody's asking, have you ever been tempted to leave the security of the largest studio for the creative freedom of an indie game studio? That's an interesting point. Um, I would say that I don't view me personal view as a large or small studio. I gravitate towards what is in line with what I want to do and create and provide for other people in the world. And for me, um, being accepting the Chris Dynamics and also understanding how they operate and work, they only truly believe in providing great games for people out there in the world. And they they truly believe that to their core. Everybody at the Chris Dynamics, I mean, we all just want to make awesome and we want to change people's lives because I show them the experience, show them what we believe in games and, and share that with them. And and so have I been tempted? No. <laughs> um, there, There's all great opportunities out there. So whether big or small, it ultimately what it should align with what you want to do and what you believe in. So, I mean, there's a lot of great studios out there. Uh, Crystal so far has, in my eyes, been the best for me. Um, and I keep waking myself up every day in the sense of like, can I go make awesome? Let's go make some video games. And uh, cool. yeah. yeah. It's great to love what you do for sure. You, know, you only get one life after all. You should do something that you love. 
Absolutely. Um, so talking, there's a, a few uh, things I'd love to to know to sort of help young, younger people who want to break into the industry. What um, what are some good things that um, people could ask during the application process or during an interview to a company they might want to work for? Ask about the project with showing interest and not sound like someone who's just a fan. That's a, that's a good advice, I would say. Um, it's good to ask what the current state of the project is if they're able to disclose that information to you. Um, what's like a good day-to-day explanation because you are going to be working with these people five days a week um, for X amount of weeks in a year, for X amount of years, if it keeps going further and further. I mean, so you kind of want to get that that vibe of like how the studio is, is operating um, like within the studio, which will, it'll show you the companies, uh, it'll show them, it'll show you the, their structure, their organization, what it's like. Um, and you basically want to show them that you're, that you've done your research too. You want to show them that like, you know, um, and that you're engaged with them. So that's some points I wish someone told me long ago. <laughs> I mean, I've been, I've been helped in, in some areas, but I mean, it, I wish I could tell my, you know, you kind of look at yourself sometimes like, why? And if I could go back 10, 20 years ago and tell you this information now. Um, so those are some things I would definitely like bring to like an interview and stuff like that. Is there, and conversely, anything that you shouldn't do during an interview or ask or <laughs> I don't know. Well, I can think of hundreds <laughs> of things you shouldn't do in a job interview. <laughs> there's there's many things. Uh, well, I mean, you want to be presentable. I mean, but, right. Uh, Wear clothes. You want to, <laughs> yeah. uh, you want to engage in the conversation. You want to ask uh, questions. Uh, it can be like the size of the team, you know. Um, so, oh, sorry. So yeah, you got to be presentable and and don't not engage. Engage in every conversation. That's what I was trying to say earlier. Um, you can ask um, what not to do. You said you um, mentioned not not being too much of a fan. That was an interesting one. I know that some game studios have gone through cycles of only hiring rabid fans and then realizing that's not entirely the best idea. And like, so big. I guess been that being a part of it being enthusiastic well, I mean, but not enthusiastic not for sure like love what you want to work on absolutely um show your dedication in that like 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 i love tomb raider when i worked on it and i absolutely was a fan i mean but i also i know my research and, and at the time i did my research on that game and i i knew what it took uh, i heard stories of uh previous previous uh previous developments of tomb raiders in the past um i knew a lot i started studying the backstory of the characters a lot or the character being Lorecraft and it helped me understand more so at least I could I should rephrase that necessarily don't be a fan but don't be only a fan know that you want to show interest and change the course and, and give more of that experience out there of that that thing that you do love like if like I, I, I loved working on Terminator Terminator was a great franchise Lorecraft was a great character and I loved developing her story more or helping contribute to that like for me, I was contributing to growing that. And that was, that's what you should do is show that. Um, like take, you got to take interest in and their company as a whole. So don't 
don't do your research. Do your research on the company also. Like you want to know what they're about. So if don't don't skip on days of like of of that of doing your own research and understanding where that where what games they developed and things like that. I've I've heard some people before in the past who didn't do the research on the studios and yeah they didn't necessarily like play all the games that that studio made but I mean it would be good to know the games that they have worked on so um, and also good to play the games that they've worked on understand how they're built so um, that'd be one thing I would say like don't not do your research do your research <laughs> any any tips um, on doing the research um, so looking at the company's website I'm sure like uh, playing the games and any ways that you can kind of when I was trying to break into film, I tried to get where people who worked in big film studios were so that I could hang out with them and ask them all the same types of questions, but in that industry. Is there a is there a, a equivalent in the games industry? It seems like it's a hard industry to crack, but... Uh... I mean, it, it, it is it, it is a small but big comp, uh, industry, small but big kind of, and it's growing every day. Um uh, networking is very key, yes. Uh, so the, the key events to pay attention to are like a game developers conference, E3s, um, and that gives you a sense of the current environment of the games and people that they're gravitating towards. Um, so game award shows I pay attention to every time they come on. Twitch is a big thing to get involved with, see what's uh, being live streamed a lot. Um, if you can't play a game or if it's just not your jam, sometimes I do something once in a while, like I don't play every game out there, but I will watch full playthroughs of games uh, actively um, just because it's also a way for me to be current update what other games are doing, other systems they've built for their games. Um, I think the one, well, currently I'm playing <coughs> God of War 3, uh, Ragnarok, or sorry, not God of War 3, God of War Ragnarok, great game. Um, at the same time, I'm constantly like watching my <laughs> feet of Tunic. <laughs> uh, Tunic the game. I watch a full playthrough of that. That's a great game too. I have played that one actually. Um, so that's like a form of like a research and things like that you can do. And then you can generally find out like, oh, I really like that game and find out what studio made that game. And then you start can maybe see if they show up at uh, GDC events, E3 events once in a while network a little bit more try to see if you can find out uh, more uh, potential employees that are willing to talk also uh, LinkedIn is a source tool uh, that you can use to find out um, of course with uh, hey how's it going my name is such and such um, I get asked questions on LinkedIn a lot actually um, I can't answer everything uh, in terms of like exactly how um, but always stay active and events like GDC are a very big event. It was very big for me, at least early, early, early in my career, to constantly get up to date of who is doing what now. Um, any any advice on like how somebody could approach somebody like you on LinkedIn if someone's coming in cold? You don't know who they are. They they clearly want some help or they want some guidance or something. Any advice on how how to go about that? Especially online, because it's, it's one thing to go up to a person in real life who they can't get away from you, but it's yeah. to get away from somebody online. So, any ways to like you know help help get the engagement? I know I, I get asked a lot of questions online too, and I guess the the distinction for me is if somebody's 
ask me something that's nice and easy for me to solve as a clearly defined question that's not going to take me hours to answer or they're not you know crazy or too crazy um any any tips on that um a lot of companies more that i've seen are doing like like community reach out kind of stuff going on all the time and they post that on their websites too um and they try to answer questions too as often as they can um a lot of studios run events during big things like gdc or e3 where you can meet with developers and things like that and you can ask more uh more direct questions in regards to what they're doing and um what got them into it um crystal uh did for a while like a like a i don't want to say job fair i forgot actually the name i apologize but we would come in and talk to some people interact um and uh also sometimes they bring their stuff to show us and that was pretty cool um we've actually hired a few people from those events too so uh, if companies out there offer like kind of like meetup invite events uh attend i mean 100 percent um that's one way up other other than that um a lot of popular studios if you find a game that you gravitate towards and you play in a lot and you find out what studio worked on look them up on linkedin sometimes some people are open with communicating talking out to fandom if or the community actually if they can um i can't speak on everybody or even myself of community talking but there are companies that offer those services in the sense of like hey we have a community site email us to ask us questions right i would say look into those i mean for sure um pay attention to every event that comes out if you can go to it go to it especially if developers are gonna be there very cool um you are being very kind in coming to our next games training as well and doing a guest speak in that event in that uh, in that training um i'd love to hear just a you know a, a sound bite if you like of um what you might be covering when you come and join us or what you might what you might talk about what you might share <laughs> more 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 i guess in more depth of um things that i try to use as best practices to focus on uh to help my day-to-day job things i'm constantly researching um i still actually dabble into architectural design a lot of the times um because it also was just an original passion of mine but it helps me focus and think of an idea and design it out um so i can talk about um and i want to more of that that focus of uh tools and techniques to help get your uh mind in the right direction of what you're trying to both solve figure out and uh then develop and build um so there's there's books and techniques uh Actually, I have a few suggestions down the road I can bring out uh, later on and um, things like that that would be nice to talk about more in detail um, for sure. Cool. So some of the things that you've already mentioned by the sounds of it, some technical things, some more on the side of soft skills, some things that you would have loved to have known before you got into the industry that would have helped. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I'm definitely looking forward to that myself. Um, what uh, what games are you playing at the moment? You mentioned a couple already. What, what yeah, are your favorite games a, at the moment? God of War Ragnarok. I powered through God of War 3 again. Um, oh, God of War 3. I don't know why I keep on saying that. Jesus. Sorry, guys. Um, I have friends that worked on that project. <laughs> and um, 
So they forgive I you. I still. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they forgive you. I hope they do because I'm not trying to say God worthy. <laughs> um, I still am playing Kerbal Space Program. If anybody can believe that, I have over 900 hours logged. Way too many hours. Oh. <laughs> um, but I'm getting very excited for the second uh, version of Kerbal to come out. That game is very fun. Speaks to me. Build spaceships, blow them up, keep trying again. Um, recently, I've picked up the game High on Life, um, done by the guys who did uh, the Rick and Morty show, uh, Squanch Games. It's funny. Oh. It's a uh, very much uh, the mature audience, but um, I find it funny. Um, recently, also, I've re kindled my interest uh back into seven days to die it's a little zombie game on uh steam it's pretty fun um i play that with a lot of friends also on the side um that's current right now it's ever changing every few weeks <laughs> right so and the yeah, over the years games has become a, a not just a thing that you play just for yourself it's also a way of socializing and hanging out with people yeah, that's uh, very big out there in the multiplayer uh, uh, games out there. It's, it's just a way to reconnect also and just have fun and do the things you love to do together. Um, I have friends that uh, still live in California that I hop online and we play all the time. I have a friend in the East Coast. I have a friend in Montreal. We, we try to play when we can. And it's our way to connect also. And it's also our, our break time for each other. It's the same thing as hanging out as kids, but just digital. Does it ever steer in towards competition at all for you? I'm not a competitive gamer. Uh, <laughs> right. I, I, there is a, a realm, a world for competitive gaming. I am fully yeah. supportive of the fact that they're now offered at colleges uh, for competitive gaming scholarships. I was like, okay, really? that's interesting. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that, that was new for me to hear. And I was like, that's a thing. Uh, wow, you can actually study, uh, do a degree in competitive game like playing games to win i can have the philosophy of it it now too (laughs) (laughs) wow um that was quite amusing for me to learn and and more power to it too i mean it is fun to watch i humiliated myself several years ago trying to play fortnite and i got a 12 year old so did i instantly i don't think i even touched my feet on the ground (laughs) <laughs> so it's not for me personally i'm more of a slow time uh, i'm gonna play it nice and easy i just want to have fun and uh right take it at my own pace kind of thing yeah i'm right there with you on that one um somebody's asking they're trying to jump from film visual effects to game visual effects what would be the best type of content to show when you do not have triple a game experience i'm guessing for like a show reel or something hmm. okay um or a portfolio, whatever you guys receive as applications. Short is key, at least from uh, a few that I remember that came to some of those events in the past. Like, um, you don't want to have, you don't want to come in with a half an hour reel. I mean, I would say no. that's that's a bit excessive. Um, I remember one uh, particular student that then, yeah, went to our VFX, um, or uh, I think he's now a director of VFX. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Mike. Um, 
he looked it over very quickly and he was looking for someone who can specialize in like fires and smokes and things like that. And the person came in with like short one minute clips, boom, 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 boom. And they had like 10 of them lined up at most. I think um, they even fast forward some of them. So they finished it fairly quick and showing you like less than five minutes. And that was quite impressive. But then at that point she hooked him. He went back and he started reviewing these videos and he's like, wow, how, wait, how did you do that? Okay. Oh, how did you, and he started asking the questions more and more. Um, so I hope that answers that question, but yeah, I mean, if you can show short, either it's a video playthrough of it or, um, if so you can is, say the person, if they don't have any games experience and they're just, they're just showing something that they did in film, is there, is there a sort of, you know, any tips for that, that type of person, maybe. They don't have any games experience, so they're just yeah, showing sorry. like um, a feature, a feature effect, or something like that. I'm not. A, a, yeah. Does it help? Does it help to show that? I guess, or is it better to go, like try and teach yourself something in games, and then? In, I mean, in, there's in a lot of uh, visual effects programs um, or plugins also offer for some engines out there. Um, I guess the I don't know what the film industry uses for VFX. I apologize. Um, Houdini, mainly. Oh, Houdini, okay. You know, so that type of thing, which you can you yeah, also get used in game games industry too. I'm sorry. That gets used in the games industry too. So yeah, you know, that's that's maybe okay, fair. Houdini, uh, Houdini I'm familiar with the name. Um, yeah, I think uh, the best way if you are familiar with Houdini or are able to get a, a work in Houdini and you want to show that ability, I'm pretty sure yeah you can short show a short little video clips of the thing, whether it be like a, a fire effect or things like that that kind of visual effect if I'm understanding the yeah the game VFX from film VFX. So Yeah, I guess they I guess they're probably curious because they they're gonna have a showreel with like a bunch of clips yeah, from Yeah, keep it short. The Avengers I would say movie. Just keep it short. Don't don't have it is too it, long. Is it relevant to show something that's been shown in it that's been um, that's a movie it, like ten seconds of a movie for getting a no. job in a game? Yeah, or, okay now that I think about that. I thought about that. yeah, sorry about that a little bit more um if you can do it in a game engine that's gonna be better and, and right. some sort of a quick uh if you either have a way to grab a quick little demo thing i know um there's a lot offered uh free out there uh whether it be like an in-game character just walking and then you can add your visual effects to that if you could do it in game and not and you're because you're trying to get in the game industry um i wouldn't necessarily show something from a movie that you've done right so right. I, think I, that's I would the... i would focus and develop something within a game engine even though the game engines now are used in films now too. Yeah, no, it's it's all very in inception these days. Yeah, it's crazy. Mandalorian. I, I have a, a good buddy that worked there and uh I believe he was the, like the director of the of the sets that were built in Unreal. Um great guy, his name's Ian, really fun guy. Um but yeah, that's all done in Unreal now, which is crazy to me. Yeah. I uh, but I hope that answered that question. Like try to build something in and then get it in the engine. Get, if you can get like a little game demo, I know there's a lot of them free out there. Like if you use Unreal, you can get like short little ones that are just free to play, and then you can just add your thing to it. Just build it, show a short little video clip of it. Yeah, that'd be better than showing something in film. That that definitely answers the question. Yeah. Um, got a couple more. I know we we've gone a minute over, but a couple, if we can just wrap the Q and A, that would be great because um, we've got some. Again, more questions at the end here. They're, they're coming in. Um, 
so that was that one um somebody saying can you share your biggest challenge so far have you ever reached a, po a point in the industry where you thought of giving up interesting question that's an interesting question um i haven't gotten that i guess you could say to the that point of wanting to give up the game industry yet and i don't think i ever will it's truly like a passion of mine uh the fact that I'm able to create those experiences for people to enjoy, millions of people to enjoy, is my driving force of what gets me excited every day. So I can't say I've ever got to that point of like wanting to give up. Um, Maybe the first half of the question, then we've reached, uh, what was your biggest challenge? What's your biggest so, challenge so far? One of my biggest challenges was uh, me transitioning to a senior technical design role. But in the sense in tandem with using some tech that we worked really hard to do what we wanted to do. And I can't give details on that. I'm sorry if that sounds vague, but oh, developing okay. systems. Did it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> developing these systems to, um, I don't want to say they're breaking points now, to to like really push them in a and be able to give us what we want at the end to help like um, some of the, the things that we uh, developed for um, uh, Marvel's Avengers. Um, there was a lot of great challenges there, and they were they were challenging. Uh, they were very challenging to develop the, some of the tech that we worked on and used for that. Um, some of the systems we used for the uh, in-game uh, multiplayer stuff. Um, a lot of those were very challenging, <laughs> and um, probably the most challenging in my career. Um, but yeah, in the end, it, it it worked out, and we got through, and we. Develop, developed and delivered a great game and yeah well, those big biggest challenges are at the time they can feel like the hardest but you often look back on them as your fondest experiences because they're the things that pushed you to be your best and made you grow and you're like you're kind of thankful to them afterwards absolutely i mean it's it's those challenges i really feel that also shape you in your in your career field like if you get through that challenge now you just one up yourself in the sense of like now you have that knowledge you now can help uh, avoid either struggles that may have happened previously or may have not happened but you can help like provide that knowledge and and growth that you've done and and what you've learned from it to other future experiences in game development so it it really is it's really challenges are great challenges ultimately that's what i'm trying to say ultimately challenges are great to have struggles are wonderful to have you have to struggle a little bit to get through it to realize that that was the fight that was worth fighting for so yeah i mean there's there's definitely a lot of, of challenges out there and there always will be actually too because it's constantly evolving so there's always gonna be a new challenge i think it's the truly for me i yearn for that challenge every time something new something exploratory something that hasn't been done yet it's it's exploration true explorers right i mean yeah Absolutely. Yeah. And we've kind of been everywhere on the surface of the earth, but we haven't been everywhere in terms of concepts and things that we can invent. Just the, the new frontier, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, someone's asking, do you treat each new game or concept with a formula as far as the approach to creating that new game? Um, if it's something that is closely related to something previous, it's, it's, Kind of nice to know I can take some of that knowledge that was like either uh, patterns that I've used before or techniques that I've used that I can just 
use again if it's a similar genre or style of game. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll bring some some of that knowledge over. It's always good to take the the knowledge that you know and you learned um, to apply to the next one if you can. Different genre, you can still use aspects of what you learned on previous games. So if it's now an entirely different genre, style, multiplayer or not multiplayer, if it's something entirely different of a game than what you just previously worked on, you can still apply what you have learned um, from that. Um, I mean, a, a very simple but very critical one is like, I mean, how did you time manage yourself on a specific thing that you had to build, deliver, and get done? And now you at least have that knowledge of, okay, I know even though we're doing something a little bit different, I at least can kind of time manage myself. And then I can apply that in the next game that I'm working on to then help you better at that thing. Uh, an example would be like an artist. An artist generally knows what an asset is going to take to build, uh, map, and then um, deliver. So they can at least have an idea how long something will take on the next thing. Uh, an engineer generally kind of knows how if they got to build a certain um, certain function they and they know they want to do something similar in the next game well they could probably apply some of that knowledge to the next one and then whether again it's for a different game or not uh, if it's for design um design can be a little different i mean it depends on the game if you're open world if you're not open world i mean you're gonna be designing your levels out differently now so that you can take at least some aspect with you uh some maybe not uh, it just depends on the that style so lds you know um they're very adaptive uh i mean i came from meldy so <laughs> we're always having to make new and exciting levels um so it's kind of a, a, a half and half you can take some with you depending on the game sometimes if it's a similar similar game like tomb raider was for tomb raider and then rise we pushed boundaries and rise we did more things but we still had that core knowledge of what we learned in the previous tomb raider and we were able to carry that over um and then expand upon it was a it was a very wonderful experience to be able to just grow upon something that was already built so um versus like going from a terminator then to a multiplayer game like avengers there was a lot of learning there but it was great i mean it truly was a, a very good learning period i mean for me personally um working on i think that was my that was actually yeah my first uh multiplayer game so uh that was uh that was different for me and it was great though the things i learned now can be applied going forward on any future multiplayer games i decide to work on so i hope that answers that question yeah cool. there's, there's some things you could bring and uh, depending on the game maybe some things you can't but the knowledge is always there still yeah yeah good answer um yeah i'm just trying to see if we've got any more that i didn't cover but uh i think i think i got them so um yeah, what what are you excited about uh, in the future of what you do? I am very, very, very excited with uh, currently, of course, what I'm working on. It, um, I'm a huge fanboy. Um, I won't say names or anything. I'm going to be that cautious and paranoid, but um, I'm pretty sure you can Google search it, as someone did earlier. Uh, <laughs> huge fan of that genre. I that, did. I did as well. <laughs> I looked up the thing you can't talk about. <laughs> uh, huge fan of it. Um, very very respect i have a lot of respect for that um that game um aside from that though i mean a lot of things on the side i i, I just picked up callisto protocol actually that's a game i'm 
I need to actually start playing. I downloaded it too. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to that game. I want to play it. I, I, I like that aspect of uh, they really are delivering horror style movie stuff in, in games that, that to really inhale that is quite it's game. I'm probably going to study because honestly, I, I find more of it very interesting that they're able to do a horror style in a game. And really, it makes me jump sometimes a little bit already. Like, like the, the video clips I've seen already, I was like, oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, and my wife has already played it. She's a huge gamer. Uh, she's already popped there, and I've heard her scream bloody murder in the other room. I'm like, what the heck is going on? That's the game. So, um, oh. looking forward to Kerbal Space Program 2. Yeah, uh, big fan of that game. Uh, I do a lot of Steam games, uh, if I haven't made that also clear. Um, yeah. Uh, buddy of mine recently got me the expansion for The Long Dark. I like survival games. Survival games are really fun to kill some time on the weekend. Um, Definitely looking forward to uh, that in the future um, when I get time to play it, of course. <laughs> I've now thought of another question right at the end um, or even past the end. <laughs> um, I'm curious, you've mentioned very briefly earlier, um, but we are now in this time where I know that games have for a long time been made based off movie franchises, games and film have influenced each other a lot over the years. Uh, but we're now in this time where, as you said, games uh, films are being made in game engines and game films are now being made. Like there's people out there that uh, has the law on the podcast recently. He's making a movie in a game engine, making the game in with the same assets in the same engine and also making a metaverse experience based on the same things. So three, three formats in one with the same oh, wow. assets. I, I said when we got onto Lion King, my first question was, can't we do something else with this? Like we built the whole 160 square kilometers of Africa in, in there, the whole Lion King world in a game engine that's never going to be seen by anyone. You know, can't even show it on my showreel. Um, but <clears throat> so we, we got this this huge amount of crossover happening now. People are actually making the same things with the same assets now, which is kind of the first time that's been that's been done really. Oh, wow. What what um what are your thoughts on and there's a huge amount of story coming into games now that games are basically playable films effectively in some way now. Um, what are your thoughts on how how those two worlds are kind of colliding and and are you seeing people going both in both directions or seeing film people come into games or games people going across the films that's a, about 14 I, questions in one but how about <laughs> it <laughs> let me well, i can hit the, the the last one very uh fairly easy yeah I, I see a lot of film people actually in the in the game industry a lot um i worked with a, a bunch of animators that uh previously came from like um like pixar and um and dreamworks and now they're animating for games i mean that's I see that cross a lot happen. Um, I see like uh, movie directors or um, not per se directors, but um, uh, I would be trying to remember his a specific, specific role of an individual. He was in the film industry, but he came over as a, uh, as a director on our pro on one of our projects. And I do see that cross happening a lot. And it, 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 it won't ever stop. I don't think, um, I think, Games will always inspire movies, and movies will always inspire games. Um, reading inspires both. Um, I'm a big sci-fi reader, yep. so um, I get some individual uh, inspiration from books that I've read. Uh, most recently, finished the Bobaverse. Uh, if anybody hasn't read Bobaverse, it's a great series. <laughs> it's three books. Um, I mean, 
my love for survival games came prior, but was ignited heavily when I saw Mission to Mars and before Mission, uh, not Mission to Mars, sorry, uh, The Martian. And before that, I read The Martian books. I was like, oh, this would be a really cool game. And then all, I started researching and, uh, survival games. And I got really big into survival games. They're, uh, I mean, that's directly like an influence from reading to movie to game. Um, going forward in the future, I see still both fields of movie and games still inspiring each other uh, to come up with new ideas. And it is wonderful to see some things come out there from game now to movies, uh, like the most recent one coming out. I think it's the 15th, The Last of Us is turning into a, a, a HBO series. And that game was, it still pulls some heartstrings. I mean, the opening scene was the hardest thing to watch in, in a game for me. And to see that go into a movie uh, or a franchise, sorry, a, a TV series, I was kind of like, wow. And they casted well. Uh, Tom Holland, when he did <laughs> when he did Nathan Drake, I enjoyed that movie. It was a fun, quirky movie. Uh and it, he tried to speak on uh, Nathan Drake, the character in the video game, and to see that on the screen, I was like, okay. And they they did it as like a prequel to the first game, and I was like, okay, he didn't step on any bounds there. I'm, I'm impressed. Okay, um, it was kind of nice to see that. It was, it was all storytelling, um, basically. You you kind of hit the nail on the head in the middle by saying you like books, and essentially that's where both come from. They both come from somebody creating I a mean, world and a story and an idea and characters and then you make a game like Tomb Raider and it turns into a movie. You make Lord I of the mean, Rings and it turns into a movie and then a game, <laughs> then a movie again. Yeah, yeah. If you could if you could be in a room with me and the wonderful, wonderful narrative uh, designers that I've worked with in the past and the narrative director that I worked with in the past, they, when you hear them talk about the story of the game that you're working on and, you know, shout out to John Stafford and... Uh, Cole and Hannah and um, some of the best people I've ever worked with with narrative and 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 Mar- uh, Mark, um, it's like they're building a movie in front of your eyes in a way the way they're talking to you about. It. You're like, oh my goodness, <laughs> oh yeah. Now you need to help us convey that in the game. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't want to disappoint you. <laughs> and storytelling talk about really, limitations. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> storytelling is so key, so key in some great games. Um, Every game is a story in some sense. It could be very simple or it could be very complicated and have a lot of interesting uh, points of discussion, um, character development, things like that. So that, that shapes that very well does shape games too. I mean, complicated, complicated stories. I think, um, I mean, some things may suit games more than, than a film. Like sometimes now, I think now we're seeing that with, with linear content as well with, some things coming out as TV series instead of a movie because there's so much depth to it that the movie is too short. They can't fit it all in. People make giant movies. They have to cut down to two hours, but instead down, maybe they don't because now people are binge watching on Netflix. They can make long form out of series. Mm-hmm. And in a game, I guess you could, you can explore an idea. I guess you, you ultimately have a budget too. You've got some constraints, but uh some things maybe suit one format more than the other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is there anywhere that people can follow you? Anything that uh, you'd like to share in terms of links or things that you're you you'd like people to discover about you? 
No, <laughs> I mean, you, you, anybody can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I always help in any way I can with anybody, whoever is curious about both getting in the industry, questions about the industry. Um, obviously, disclaimer, there, not everything can be discussed of what is current and, and uh, within the studio without, um, of course, sanction from studio leadership and HR. But I mean, in terms of just generalized questions about the industry and like techniques, what to study, what not to study, what to do, what not to do. Uh, yeah, I'm always help, always willing to help anybody who wants to try to get into that. It's um, it was, it was, I mean, it was difficult to some extent for me in some areas, and but I had the support from other people who already had the experience in the industry, um, that were willing to extend that hand and just hey, maybe try this, maybe try that. So, yeah, anybody can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I don't do. Personally, I don't do a lot of social media, uh, like Facebook and stuff like that. I'm barely, I'm almost a ghost on Facebook. Um, that's a personal choice. Uh, I keep LinkedIn purely for professional. Um, that's one tip I could give to anybody. Um, I personally, I mean, that's just me personally. I don't ever really post anything. Um, I would say that my tip of advice uh, for anybody is if uh, you ever comment on anything, uh, just know that someone's always looking at it. Uh, so, um, it lives forever. It yeah, it lives forever in a sense. And it's always good to, if you got the old fashioned saying, if you got nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> good advice. Very cool. Well, thank you, um, for sharing so much in this podcast and also, you know, offering to, to extend that to, to people as well. Appreciate that. Um, we're, a, we're a strong community here, CG pro and we, we what we're, founded on really is helping each other and um i appreciate you coming in and being a guest in our our class as well in february if anyone's interested in that um we will share links or if we have not been doing so already um but uh yeah i appreciate you your, your time thank you very much ryan um also thank you very much to our audience thanks everybody for for joining us and asking questions and engaging and uh, we will be back in another couple of weeks. So thanks for having me. You're you're very welcome. Thanks for being here. Um, we'll see you see you all in a couple of weeks, everybody. Take care. Good night. Mm -hmm.